Today on Panelism, we are discussing an adorable little book about mice with swords. Panelism, the podcast where we talk about the comics and graphic novels worth having on your shelf. I'm Taylor Trask. I'm Todd A. And Todd, we are back again. We're going to do uh, a normal book review episode um, yeah. after a couple episodes where we, I, I call them evergreen episodes, where we just talked about a few <laughs> things. If you haven't listened, uh, uh, two weeks ago we did a um, ownership versus subscription episode, and uh, last week we did digital versus physical so if you've ever pondered those questions or if you've been thinking about changing your library up go back and check those episodes out but uh this week we're back to to books yeah and i uh we're we're doing one that that i read and i intentionally picked something that i mentioned in Mm -hmm. episode 103 um where we talked about subscriptions versus uh ownership um as you know if you've listened to the last couple episodes uh i'm trying out the comiXology unlimited subscription um it, it's quite a misnomer it's not actually unlimited um <laughs> a lot of stuff still charges on that False advertising. But, but i did mention this book that i you know just downloaded because it was available and enjoyed it so much digitally and like the look of it so much that i i'm absolutely going to get a physical copy of this and uh and just Maybe even all the volumes. I don't know. It's just well. Let's. Weird. I have a question right out of the gate. Yeah. How did you come? Well, first say what the book is because the, sure. it's, it's a very interesting title that I have never heard of before. And then I have a follow up. I'm going to talk about Mouse Guard Fall uh, 1152. Um, wow. That's like the year 1152. Um, it is on Archaea Press and it is by David Peterson. And this volume came out in 2007. And in the preface there, he says it had actually been 10 years of him working on these stories before he actually decided, you know, went went through the process to actually create them in this graphic form, I guess, and and mm-hmm. seek a publisher. So, you know, we're talking about uh, ideas that have been in, in uh, David Peterson's head for uh, 22 years at this point. So, wow. um, yeah, it's, it was a pretty interesting book to approach with, like, all that in mind. I, uh, I have many ideas in my head that have been around for 10 to 15 years myself. So maybe, maybe that, maybe there's something to that. Maybe it's like these projects that go on. So, so knowing that, how the hell did you come across this on comiXology? Was it a recommended, like, if you like this or if you know this, you like this, or did you just see it and go, Hey, it may have been recommended to me in the unlimited section. I don't think so though. No, I think I searched for it intentionally because here's the thing. Um, in uh, the 10 plus years, 10, it's only been like 11 years that I've really like hardcore gone to comic conventions. Um, the I have seen Mouse Guard at probably every convention in that time mm-hmm. and have always been curious, like, what is this? You know, it's mm-hmm. it would just be these like Mrs. Frisbee kind of drawings of mice. You know, mm-hmm. they're wearing... Uh, they're they're wearing like capes that are just not you know it's just a piece of cloth that's knotted around their neck and they're carrying one sword you know it's not like these armored mice or something mm-hmm. but 
it it just looked sort of childlike and uh you know just like children's literature like and i just never struck me as something i would be interested in and then i don't know exactly when this happened but a few years ago uh they put out a role playing game and i remember uh, a friend remarking on this and both of us were wondering like was this a game that they turned into a comic or was it a comic they turned into a game you know is that thing of like we don't even know the origin of how what this this uh you know this whole world is here mm-hmm. but um it was just something I'd just in the, you know, last few months had, had kind of recalled like, Oh yeah, I should look into that. And when I got the unlimited subscription, I looked for mouse guard and several volumes are available for free on comiXology uh, when you're an unlimited subscriber. So yeah, I borrowed them all and and downloaded them and it was really, uh, it was a very pleasant surprise. You know, wow. I, there were, there are several things I've checked out that I've been back and forth on. And this, this was one that, um, uh, it's like a slow burn kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't open the first page and go, Oh my God, I got, you know, this is amazing. I got to just speed read through this. It was, mm-hmm. it was definitely like, it, it took a few days to kind of, you know, pick it up. Like it was, it was, I didn't sit down and read it in one reading in one ah. sitting, mm-hmm. um, definitely sort of worked my way through it. And, as it built to the climax of this story, I, you know, I just, I just found myself like, you know, just really like studying the art and, and really getting into it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I present it to you today for our discussion. <laughs> for our consideration. Were you, uh, were you a big fan of, um, Watership Down or the Rats of Nim? Because as I'm looking, and you mentioned Mrs. Frisbee, but as I'm looking at this, I just get a, a big, big vibe off of those sort of I think I like 70s early 80s movies yeah yeah I definitely conjured that in my head I think I liked the rats and them pretty pretty well I I mean I think I like the book more than the movie there was a rats Um, and them book I'm sorry I'm not aware of this I feel uh, really left out now. Well I think that's what I was what that title was I said I think the book may have been called Mrs. Frisbee and the rats and and the rats of them or something like that and uh uh yeah this just just saying frisbee doesn't sound like um the right word but yes it is miss frisbee and the rats of nim yeah um but was that the movie or the book maybe the, the movie was the rats of nim they didn't put miss frisbee's name oh, in the title okay so um yeah that was uh that was a deal but like you know i don't i don't really like vermin so <laughs> Um, I never, I, I, it's not like I thought mice are cute and I really want to read a <laughs> book about mice or something. I was like, I, I not, not that I was like grossed out or something. I just thought like, eh, you know, I don't, well, there was, there's a tradition, there's a tradition, you know, stretching back to, I mean, animal farm and probably before that of taking animals and telling these interesting political or sociological allegory, allegorical stories on top of it. You know, even something as innocent as American tale where Fievel the mouse has to immigrate to the U S and gets lost along the way. Yeah. You know, like something like that. The rats are name obviously is much more serious. Um, animal farm, like I mentioned, like all these things, does this, yeah. does this book fit into that tradition? Uh, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because it, it does in its own way um it's not an allegory uh as far as i know (laughs) um but it does that thing that i think is really interesting in in those movies where obviously like the mice are very vulnerable and very small Mm -hmm. um this is not about 
mice standing up to like a bigger predator or something you know that's like an easy kind of allegory to see there yeah. of or you know, or an evil mouse or an evil rat or something well that is what it it's interestingly about policing its own and oh. so i'll get into the actual uh uh mythos of the mouse guard which i which is you know kind of kind of hooked me when i started reading it which was but- um, oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Do you have questions? No, I was going to say, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> if you ha- end up hearing little sweet meows behind me, my own cat is is listening intently. And mm. is, so if, you, if you're listening, you're like, what? Is there another animal? Yes. she's She wants to be part of it too. So I apologize ahead of time. Go on. <laughs> well, <clears throat> so the, the story is, um, and, and you know, I think we're kind of assuming it is the human years, 1149 mm-hmm. through 1152. Okay. Um, there is a, uh, a weasel warlord that they fought in the winter war of 1149. Um, but uh, that that's sort of the back setting for this. The, the mice know, and they do a really, there's a really cool intro of this. Like chapters have uh, an introduction that's written out just sort of prose style to like, this is the setting, you know, it's the narrator's voice or the, you know, uh, the omniscient narrator kind of thing. But in the very first chapter, there's this cool thing of this, uh, one mouse who delivers grain between the mice cities mm-hmm. is telling the story of, let me tell you how the mouse guard began. Mm. Um, and he talks about, you know, we, we knew how to build our cities, how to tuck them away and hide them and protect them uh, because everything is our predator. You know, mm-hmm. everything's bigger than the mouse. Um, but the problem was we, as we got spread out, we couldn't get from city to city and do things like grain deliveries and, uh, you know, or help each other uh, in their defense, we, we couldn't just be out on, on an open road. Mm-hmm. So the mouse guard was formed and they are basically like escorts and uh, pathfinders that says uh, the way they describe them as weather watchers, scouts and bodyguards. So basically they're the ones who will go out, you know, with just their sword and their cape mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and make sure that the mice in between the cities are safe. Um, it, it so happens that this grain merchant who is this mouse who's delivering his grain uh, it does not make it to the city where he's going. So that's how we first encounter the mouse guard. They've been sent out to find this old fur. Um, and it's just a, it's like a neat, innocent little way to start it. But you can also see the, I guess, you know, it's not the allegory uh, to a human story, but it's an analog to how you would start any kind of uh you know not sorcery but like fantasy epic in that sort of you know uh knights and medieval times you know are there humans present in the story and they're just not acknowledged or is this like a world without humans they are not acknowledged but they're there Um, it's like there's farmers and that kind of stuff that that we can assume but they're just they're not even mentioned they're not seen they're not this is such on such a small scale Mm -hmm. um it rarely ever and even even to the extent that it does zoom out Mm -hmm. it it's still giving you like a mouse perspective so it's never zooming out to see sort of like the human view of the world and how small this really is Mm -hmm. it's more about zooming in on the mice so when a snake surprises them you're seeing this huge snake you know, mm. that covers the page and you're seeing how, uh, how much it overwhelms these three small mice in the mouse guard. Mm. Um, so yeah, it just, I, to me that I think that was one of the things that's just so endearing about it is 
uh, it has this really consistent perspective from uh, the mice there. Mm-hmm. It's and it never, you know, it's never trying to tell uh, a bigger, clunkier story or something. So you end up getting really invested in the actual characters of these mice. And that, well, that was one of the things that's so surprising that it comes through is you really feel like, ah, oh, I got it. I understand the, the, the individual characters of these sort of six, I could probably name six mice whose characters mm-hmm. I, I get, you mm-hmm. know? Well, let's, um, let's go through them. Let's give us the cast and this, or the supporting cast. If it's, uh, you know, <laughs> well, we, we, sure, we start out um, in that first chapter. The three that go looking for the uh, old fur who's delivering the grain are uh, Saxon, and I would believe... Uh, Great oh, name, I, by the way. Yeah, Saxon, Kinsey, and then I believe the third one is would be pronounced Liam, but it's spelled Liam, L-I-E-A-M. I, oh. I've never heard that pronounced or... Clearly, clearly British author. I mean, right? I wonder, actually. I don't even know. Um, those are all very British names. Right, exactly. But it, um, you, you quickly understand. Well, you don't. I mean, it's not. It's just not explicit. It's there's no moment of like, you know, Kinsey was the the oldest member of the guard, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, Saxon was the hothead. It's never has to be <laughs> described that way. You just see it through their actions. Oh, okay. Um, I love that. By the way, they, you know, after they, there's this, you know, typically like. Uh, it's like kind of scary moment where they do have to get away from a snake um, and they run up a burrow in a tree and then they have to hold guard. Like they, they stand guard, you know, like you would as any, in any kind of medieval fantasy sort of, you know, setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you clearly understand like Liam is the smaller one um, and probably younger and Kinsey is the older one. Kinsey does not carry a sword. He it carries a, a staff, like just a walking stick. That's what he fights mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you do understand that Saxon is the hothead. And I say he, but I don't actually know if they are he's. I'm just oh, they don't they don't specify that in any. There are some like there's way. a there's a Gwendolyn, and you know she is basically the queen. Um, and then I forgot the name of the other mouse guard mouse who is a um, a female, but. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of assuming these three are men, so I apologize if that's incorrect. Uh, they, you know, so there's a scene where they escape the snake and they hold a guard, and then the next morning when the snake's gone, they come down and it's you know you're you're like oh it's like you know it's small stakes and it's like literally it's just kind of mice trying to escape a snake, and the mice find the snake's nest with all its eggs in it, mm. <laughs> and Kinsey and Saxon jump in, and there's this brutal scene. Of them destroying the eggs. <laughs> wow. Like in this, in the cute way that this is drawn, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but still they're, they are chopping up, uh, you know, eggs with baby mm-hmm. snakes in them. Um, and then Liam is caught by the snake outside of the nest. Uh, and you find out that like, uh, well, Liam's not the hothead, but Liam's got this heroic nature and just jumps onto the snake himself, this little tiny mouse. And so there's, there's things like that where the character comes out, more through what they do and, and what they say rather than a narrator appearing to, to tell you about them or some, Got it. you know, symbology on there. Like, it's not like uh, Kinsey is, you know, Kinsey's gray, but you don't, you don't get the feeling that that's like, and his, you know, he's old necessarily yeah, because of yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but there's all these like, uh, <clears throat> you know, great other 
like Peterson has just built out this world. There are all these maps, you know, it's very much like that, that fantasy literature where you're looking at the maps and can, can I interrupt real oh, quick? Yeah, please. What came to mind too, like just so, as I'm envisioning this, um, does the, do the mice wear clothes and like uniforms and stuff like wind in the willows, or is this more um, like Peter rabbit where they just kind of, they, they, you can understand them as the reader and they have like human interactions, but they're still like just, you know, they're more animal than they are anthropomorphized. No, it's a good question. Um, They don't wear much and it's, that is very much uh, symbolic. Okay. So uh, the mouse guard wear these cloaks that literally just look like a handkerchief or something tied around their neck. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just, flipped through the book to remind myself of the name. Sadie is the other mouse guard that we're introduced to. Uh, she actually has a nicer cloak that, that looks like it's fastened, you know, mm-hmm. with like a pin or something and not just, just tied, you know, like mm-hmm. a kerchief. Um, they carry swords if they're in the mouse guard, but if they're not in the mouse guard, they, they may wear an item or two. Um, and it just kind of is a symbol of their status. Like the grain, uh, the mouse delivering the grain. Um, he's just wearing like a little straw hat you know, like a, okay. or something. so it's not like, it's not like Tolkien where they're wearing like, you know, ascots and suits and right. all that kind of stuff. Correct. Uh, again, a la wind in the willows. I should just. St- yeah. 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 That. No, that a good point. Um, you know, the queen wears a little bit more when we eventually meet sort of the mice, uh, antagonists, uh, like they, they are antagonists and they are also mice. Um, they have a very specific uniform that they are wearing so that when you're seeing the drawings, you can mm-hmm. clearly like, it's, you know, it's like a visual symbol. Um, so, you know, it's like the stormtroopers kind of thing of like, you can see like all these people in this uniform are the bad guys. Um, and that's, I don't know. That's just, it's again, just like a subtle little touch that, that I think is cool. So yeah, rather than give you the play by play of every scene in this book, I will just tell you how it sort of, uh, mounts to its climax. And, and what, what I was so impressed by is the way it takes, these beats from a, from a um, medieval or fantasy story that you would recognize and, you know, not only portrays them from like mouse eye level, which is Mm -hmm. very cool and, you know, sets them in a different context uh, because of that. uh, But also um, how it helps the reader understand where the, like this is a beat of the story. Mm -hmm. So like the snake is, is a big, you know, early, monster that shows up and i think just because of that mouse perspective you see it as like this is a monster you Uh, know and -hmm. while it's horrifying that that two of the mice jump in its nest and slaughter its young youngins um it kind of makes sense it's like i just think of you know finding like a nest of dragon's eggs or something like that's that's what your adventure would do there's another scene where sadie and an old member of the the guard i think it's conrad um they he's his uh mouse guard station is on the beach and they are attacked by crabs mm-hmm. and it's like man in a mouse's eyes a crab is so scary it's like a kraken and <laughs> it's not just one of them it's like 12 of them show up wow so you know these scenes of like um you know them jumping between the claws and her sword bouncing off of the shell it's like oh my god that's in, like- in that situation is the crab sentient or intelligent too or is it more like a, a mindless like monster it's very mindless like they okay. you don't nothing that that they say that's translated at all you know they okay. can't they can't talk to them um and so it, it takes these beats and i think that is what um 
you know, rather than being like a crutch that it falls on, it just helps you as a reader understand like where these, where these, you know, where it's pivoting to, like where the motion of the story is going. And I think helps you identify with the, the, the stakes as they are for these mice, you know, because what they are ultimately doing in this arc is quashing a rebellion. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, just, it's so funny <laughs> because I, I read this uh, a week or so ago and then uh, a few days ago, rewatched this movie that you and I talked about, like <laughs> in episode three or something. I don't know when I was really into watching magic ninja movies, which is what oh, I called them. That's and right. I, talk, I talked about this movie called The White Haired Witch. And then yeah. I found out, by the way, it is available uncut in its entirety on YouTube for free. Um, so I rewatched call. it a couple of days ago. And it's like, I'm seeing the same beats happen in that, which is a Chinese language film. And it's subtitled on YouTube, but it's it's very clunkily subtitled. Like the <laughs> the sentence that's subtitled may appear, you know, many seconds before the person actually says that line. So the reactions you're watching and the action you're watching, it's not always sync up to what you just read. Um, but you know, a similar invasion where they, you know, there's almost this sense of like letting the 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 conquering army in before you realize what their intentions are into your like very secure fort and like. You know, so all these things I'm recognizing is, oh, I just watched that in Mouse Garden. It's so neat to compare it to, you know, to a movie like that because um, the experience, I guess, was so different. You know, reading it was just very like cozy or something. I I found myself so many times just sort of like staring at the texture of each drawing. Like some of the background textures are just so cool the way. Uh, it, whether it's smudges of paint or whether it's like really detailed little lines on something or, um, you know, just outlines like sort of shadows of trees and things like that. I mean, it's just, it's so well done. That's why I thought I got to get a print version of this. You know, well, I'm looking it. at it. Well, I'm looking at still uh, stills. I'm looking at um, pages from it now and I can easily see why you'd want this in print. By the way, there are two versions on Amazon. One is, you can buy the print for like 20, 20, 30 bucks. Another though, there's apparently a hardcover for $800. So <laughs> I'm guessing there's a, there's a first edition that is highly collectible. So just keep that in mind. But as I'm looking through this, it, it's an interesting juxtaposition because it looks like an adult children's book. Yes. It has, you know, it has that sort of children's book aesthetic, but like, you know, big ideas, a lot of text, a lot of, you know, heavier elements. Does that translate for you? Yeah, I think so. And it's not that the ideas are, uh, you know, bigger, scarier, or more important, but it's it's really that like refocusing of the stakes because mm. like the way you put it as an adult children's book, I definitely felt that, you know, when I started reading it, I was like, oh, I'm, I should totally get this and, and read it with my niece and nephew. And they would, they would enjoy it. Cause it's like a fantasy tale, but it's these mice. And then, you know, something like the snake egg slaughter happened and I went, Ooh, that might be really hard to discuss with them, yeah. you know? And there's some points where it's like, you feel like they're in some real danger here. You know, there's a fire that happens mm-hmm. uh, inside sort of a little mice cavern. And, and it's like, Oh my God, like this is, you know, you don't, you know, you, they're, they're mice. So you don't get that feeling of like, it's not like Dwayne, the rock Johnson, when, <laughs> when the room that he's in catches on fire, you're, you know, 99% sure that he's just going to bust through the wall. Like it's yeah. not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I've also been watching the rewatching the Fast and Furious. If you can't tell, uh, but <laughs> I thought you were going to reference that shitty Tower movie he was in, where it's, I it was did all on watch that. Uh, <laughs> I watched that on a plane against my will. So. Oh, so terrible. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, let me, but, let me, I, but but yeah, I think that's what gives it the adult version of a kid's book. I do think you could read it with kids, mm-hmm. but there are those. Um, you know, grown up issues of like life and death sort of circumstances and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, and I think kids would feel that the terror even more of like the crab attack or something, you know, because they're going to see this two tiny mice, uh, their swords, you know, clinking off the crab armor. And it's like, oh my gosh, that is like a, that is a real threat. You know, this is a, this is a beholder that has just come out of the ocean. Wow. (laughs) Mess with them or whatever. One thing that I'm looking at as as we chat is you're talking about Mouse Guard Fall 1152. There's also yes. a winter and a spring. Yes. Um, or no, I'm sorry, Mouse Guard Three: The Black Axe. I thought it looked like spring. Does this does fall the very first uh, part of the story, or does that pick oh, up boy. somewhere? In- I oh. agonized over this mm-hmm. and like like you know went through Wikipedia and everything because it is super confusingly and great question by the way because I wouldn't have thought to mention this but it's kind of confusing the way the books are labeled in comicsology uh so as far as I can tell fall 1152 is the first volume ever okay um and it is six books so when you like when it shows the covers within that you'll yeah. see it says number 1 of 6 Okay. Um, so I think that arc was planned that way. And then on Comixology, there is a volume two, winter 1152, and volume three, the Black Axe. Yeah. So I did download all of those. I just haven't haven't gotten around to reading them all. There's um, also on Amazon uh, Mouse Guard role-playing box set, uh, yep. first edition, second edition. Where, how does that fit? And does that is that just a side thing? Does that somehow straddle or or I don't know itself into the story? I, do, I mean, I assume it's more a case of the the you're playing out the story in that role playing game. Uh, okay. Uh, but I'm I'm very curious about that. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the second edition of that came out sort of recently. Um, wow. And there's well, there's like third. There's a third edition. There's oh, okay. also Mouse Guard Alphabet Book, Mouse Guard Swords yeah. and Strongholds. This is almost Game of Thrones esque in the sprawling. Um, canon that just kind of gets, uh, I'm sure most of it's you know, David Peterson has his hand in it, not yeah. all of it, but still it's, I, I oh, mean, yeah. I had never heard of this until this evening when we started recording. Yeah. Because I, cha- I switched up the book I was going to talk about to do, but even still, book. it just, this seems like one of those books that would appear on, you know, Rolling Stones, hundred, hundred important graphic novels as literature, or, you know, whenever yeah. they talk about comics as literature, I, this kind of feels like it should be on that list, top of the list or near the top. Yeah, because it is a, you know, and the, and the reason it lends itself to a role-playing game is because this is a, like, the world building in this is complete. Like, it is, you know, it is a built world um, that's not, like, it doesn't have humans in it. It's not borrowing off of, you know, this isn't happening uh, behind the walls of King Arthur's castle or something. You know, this yeah, is like its yeah. own mythology. Yeah. Um, and... I think it succeeds because of that. And, but I also, I think that what you're calling out too makes me think that while it found a really big audience, I think the reason it passed you and me by is that the timing didn't sync up to sort of the, you know, Renaissance of comics that we're in oh, right now. Like, he, yeah, he was just a little too early. So wow. um, imagine that. I know. Isn't that crazy? And, and it, it's weird. I, was probably i mean i must have been back into i know i was back into reading comic books in 2007 that's when we were 
at that job together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it wasn't a thing, you know, I still had to go to that, that one store whose name we shall not speak in uh, <laughs> Nashville to get comics. And, and honestly, probably hated that experience so much that I ended up getting them at like Barnes and Noble or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it was just, um, yeah, it was like, I don't know. And it's also one of those books where I think the line is kind of blurred between, I don't want to say serious literature, but you know, those books that are, they are, uh, they're graphic novels, but somehow they're not in the comic book section. You mm-hmm. know, they're in, they're in another section or something, or they're not distributed by diamond or something like that. So they're not in comic book shops. It almost feels like that. Like, but I, I know that's not the case. I know it's in comic book shops. I know it's on a comic book, you know, publisher, like has put it out. It's, um, yeah, it just kind of slipped through the cracks and, uh, but I'm, I'm, you know, happy to be discovering it now. And, and it's also one of those things where like, there's so much to discover that when you read the first volume and you like it, it, you feel like, Oh, it can't go wrong. (laughs) This does. I mean, as I'm looking through it, I'm, I'm already excited to get this and I'll probably just jump straight into the hardcover because this looks like something that I should get that $800 one. Yeah, I'm sure it's worth it. Totally worth it. (laughs) It better come with Peter Davidson. Is it Peter Davidson? Is his name? Uh, David David Peterson. Peterson. (laughs) Um, Peter Davidson was an old Doctor Who actor. Oh no, David Peterson. The eight hundred dollar one actually comes. He comes to your house and explains uh, his his thought process behind every chapter, and then just go from that. Would be amazing. How? I mean, really? What is? I'll have to look into why that one's eight hundred (laughs) dollars. I um. So this is not to cut you off, but like, this is something clearly that you and I or readers like you and I would like, it seems like it's, I mean, is, is there a minimum age you think for this or could a 13 year old or a 10 year old pick this up and, and get something from it? I, you know, um, uh, in a world of Harry Potter, it, it can't feel scarier than Harry Potter. There's no Perfect. like witchcraft or anything in a way that, that makes it scarier because these are like blades that the mice are using. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think, you know, 10 and up, you've, you've probably run into some other fiction where tragic things have happened mm-hmm. and, you know, they may, younger readers may feel that sort of terror, but then I'm sure there's probably a big age range in the middle there. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be super bored by this. <laughs> what like, about, what about like, like 10 uh, to 15 and then 30 plus. What about tragic deaths though? Like, are there, I mean, are there any characters who just, just die either tragically or die when you, you've, you've come to love them? Is that, I asked because like, you know, younger kids sometimes have problems with those themes. Is that something to look out for? Uh, it's something to look out for. I, I, it's, um, I can't, yeah. Point to anything without being spoilerish. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there are deaths in it. Um, uh, a lot of that happens off screen. So, okay. you know, it, you're, it's just sort of clear uh, that, that, that person, that, that mouse didn't make it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just, it, it also, you know, does that great thing at the end of, you know, Kinsey and Saxon, you know, argued more fiercely than ever, but they were the best of friends. Kind of gives you that, like, you know, uh, uh, and the rest of the story kind of thing. And they lived happily ever after sort of version. Yeah. Did you mention the publisher, by the way? Did you say Arkea? Yes. Yes. You did. Arkea, yes. I had completely missed that. And I, I'll point that out again because they are a fantastic, um, fantastic studio. I've got several books from them too. So that, that's almost like a, st- a stamp of, uh, yeah. of quality in the same way that Drawn and Quarterly is. I was about know? to say, yeah, it's got a very Drawn and Quarterly feel to it. So mm-hmm. 
Yeah. In fact, Archaea is the one, if I'm not mistaken, um, yeah, they put out Tale of Sand, Jim Henson's Tale of Sand, which oh, I totally um, makes sense. Yeah, I I have, have have talked about that book a lot and hold it in very high regard. So that's if anything, that's like, you know, if you were hesitating buying this, just knowing that Archaea did it. I so as I'm Googling as you talk, Archaea also put out an amazing like hardcover boxed set. Um in 2009 that looks just amazing it's got of a this? Snow- wait of yeah mouse guard oh boy mouse guard hardcover it's got a snowflake on the cover um so i'm gonna check that out too i don't who knows how much that is um oh well there it is first edition second edition so yeah jimmy this 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 looks like definitely a book uh that i want but also just like it's it looks hugely collectible it just looks everything about it just this is this is totally a taylor pick Oh, I know. Um, yeah, I'm it is. Sh- I'm shocked you got to it before I did, to be honest with you. I, yeah, that is funny. It does. Now that you say that, I didn't pick it because of that, but it feel it does feel like um, so much. Like, yeah, this is a thing you would have brought to me. <laughs> you must hey, read this. Comicsology Unlimited. I mean, give them points for this. Wow. So, I'm looking. I'm looking right now. The $800 one is, in fact, that giant hardcover limited edition oh, box amazing. set thing. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Anything well, else? Sorry, I keep I keep cutting you off. Anything else no, you want to say? I, I mean, you don't want to get too spoilery, so it's exactly. always a delicate balance. It's, yeah, it's six issues. Um, you know, it's it's actually not a long read. I just uh, I think it was more of a pacing thing why I mm-hmm. kept putting it down. Um, but yeah, once I just sort of dug into it, it's just I yeah I really enjoyed it, and I and I love looking at the panels. Um, I will bring up that digital versus print thing. Uh, Although I think the guided view works pretty well on this, like it gave, you know, it lets me with with my old eyes uh, focus on one little panel at a time. Mm-hmm. I just think the print has got to be superior, just because of the the way it looks so detailed and analog. Even if digital tools were used, it's you know, it just has that hand drawn feel. I mean, all, yeah. all comic or hand drawn yeah. at some point, but it's like, you know, it just. Yeah, you're seeing like brush strokes and stuff. And yeah. when it comes to that, it's like, ah, oh, I really want to see that in print. So. Can I get really geeky? What's the paper quality like? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, I don't have it in print. So I don't know. I have it. I just. Oh, you're ordered. You, you, you have ordered it, but it hasn't arrived yet. I have not even ordered it. I'm just saying I will. Oh, um, God, yeah, 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 yeah. I mistook you. I thought you said you had, you loved it so much you had ordered it. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. My I love bad. it so much. I will. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Well, hey man, if there's if that's that's a I mean I not much more to say. I think that's no, this is a clear winner, five star pick. Definitely, this is sort of like the epitome episode of what we do. Like this is finding books that are off the beaten path that um, might be somebody's new favorite thing. And I just I love that process of discovery every single time. It always yeah. it never fails to delight me. So and it feels like you know like the best image books that we found or the best any books that we found, there's a whole world here to yeah. enjoy. So if you yeah. do like this one book, you're going to feel like, oh man, there's so much more to explore, you know? And I, so I, I love that feeling too. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I'll leave it there. Well, uh, folks can find us wherever podcasts are found, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcasts, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> subscri- search for Panelism. Subscribe and tell your friends. Give us feedback. Uh Typically, the best place to leave feedback is on our Instagram account. That is panelism.inc on Instagram. That's .inc, all one username, panelism.inc. Panelism.inc is also our website. Uh, so you can find past episodes 
And a lot of folks have been going back through the back catalog, which has been really fun to see um, as we look at our listener stats every week. Some uh, some old favorites keep popping up. So go back, enjoy past episodes. Let us know what you think. Uh, shoot us an email or go to Instagram. Um, if you have a book you think we should be uh, looking at or if you're a creator and you want to have us look at your work or talk to you on the show, or we'd love to, to hear from you. So reach out and uh, let us know. I second everything Taylor said. And that and, and that's my sign off. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we never have a really good way to say goodbye, so I'll just say goodbye to you and we'll catch you all next week. I will see you then or I will see you at another time. <laughs>